This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Trondini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Carl. And I'm Peter. And joining us this time around for the opposition view, Adam from the Pinken Norwich City podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Yeah. And always a pleasure to be on your guys' podcast. Uh, yeah, another big game, of course, on, on Tuesday night when, when we when we meet Cow Road this time. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I'll be honest with you. I quite like Norwich City. I really do quite like Norwich City. It's always, it's always been a good away game there. And we've normally picked up points when we've been there. And then you've normally throttled us at our place when, when we've least expected it as well. So there's something in it for everybody. But as I said before, it's a club with a good catchment. It's, it's always done well by its community, seemingly. But tell us, tell us, Adam. How has the season gone so far? How has David Wagner has seemingly had a honeymoon, lost it, and then maybe brought himself back in or qu- not quite sure? How have things been at the Pinken since we last spoke? Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting season. One that started pretty well, to be fair. The end of last season, if we go back to it, was one win in 11 games. It was a really negative place to be, Carrow Road, pretty toxic. And we lost to Blackpool on the final day and it felt David Wagner needed a, a big pre-season and, and a really good start to the season. And to be fair, we got that. We were in and around the top two, probably up till mid to late September. Uh, and it felt like this was our season again. Typical Norwich City fashion, we fell off a cliff uh, around the October period. I think we lost seven out of nine went tumbling down the championship table down to about 17th and I think people were like why is David Wagner not gone the football was turgid it was a really horrible place to to be Carrow Road in terms of watching football no enjoyment whatsoever and I think a lot of people couldn't really understand why maybe Delia and Michael hadn't pulled the trigger. They decided to stick with him. And then to be fair, ever since Josh Sargent, which I know you guys mm-hmm. probably won't like me mentioning, like he's come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ever since, yeah, about Christmas period, he'd been injured ever since the end of August. And to be fair, we've missed him a lot because for me, he's probably up there in, in the top three 
best strikers in this division in terms of his goals and what he brings to the team in terms of the pressing, which is crucial for David Wagner's yeah. system. And yeah, ever since then, the turn of the year, particularly, we we picked up 10 points from the last 15. We've played five of the top seven in that period as well. So some really tough games. So to come out of the other side of that with the points tally feels like maybe the corner's been turned. But for me, it's probably more telling the games now coming up. These are the games against sides in and around us or below us that we probably have to win if we're going to try and push towards the playoffs, which, yeah, I think that would then be deemed a, a fairly par season, to be fair, if, if we reach the playoffs. I do think we should we should explain this this podcast, and especially mine, per normal, ir- irrational dislike of any other human being. And in this particular instance, obviously, it is Josh Sargent. And it is primarily that he is my least favourite Weasley out of all of them. But other than that, he also scores goals against us. He's damned effective and genuinely annoying. So, no, I can understand quite why you would, you would absolutely love him. However, there is another player this season who has been a real standout i think and at this moment in time when we we'll get onto your activity in the transfer window especially with the the son of a previous player of of which that's that's a little that's a little well we've dipped in with no success before hope you hope you have more success than we did but but first of all let's talk about a player who's come through the under 18s the under 21s and this is a season for Jonathan Rowe has been outstanding no more so than obviously being able to then also be a thorough pain in the arse at Portman Road for you which I'm sure you you, you managed to cope with the the emotional ups and downs of that by the end tell us a little bit about Mr Rowe because he's been something hasn't he yeah, it's, it's been a difficult sort of few years for him, really. He broke on the scene under Dean Smith in what was a really horrible Premier League season, as you endured at the same time as us. And yeah, ever since then, it's been last season was very much injury hit for him. But this season, didn't really feel like he was going to get an opportunity, to be honest, until pre-season we brought in a, a Spanish winger called Borja Sainz, who's yeah. started to rip it up a little bit in recent weeks. And he picked up an injury on sort of the final couple of games of pre-season. And that meant that David Wagner had to turn to a young man who looked physically ready now for his opportunity. Opening game of the season, scores an absolute belter against Hull. Scored five in five in the first five games of the season and just burst onto the scene and said, look, I'm here now, I've arrived. And yeah, ever since then, it's just, honestly, for, for a 20-year-old kid, he's he's got some serious talent. He's a little bit James Madison-esque when he was at Norwich, where you knew he was going to go and play for England. You knew he's going to have a really good career. He's got that about him. It's He believes in himself. Um, even if he doesn't have the best game, the next game he'll respond, which when you're a young player, sometimes in that sort of criticism, all that noise, if, if maybe you haven't had the best game, can get to you he doesn't really seem affected by that he's very hungry uh his low center of gravity means he's very good with the ball very difficult to get it off him and of course yeah scored the two goals the dump down the road from us and and of course we got a, a point there which was which is good i mean our unbeaten record against those up down the road extends to 14 years which i, I like to remind anyone of the ipswich persuasion about so he's a, he's a star uh, and i think he's a premier league player in waiting whether that's with us which i very much doubt it will be but if it is then that's great but i think more than likely it will be a move this this coming summer and i'm excited to see where he goes because yeah he's he's a very well loved man no, nobody really quite appreciates the level of, of of local rivalry more than those involved in it but i think we're quite happy to just jump on board with whichever one we're with and go oh no we'll have a bit of that we quite like that and a big hello to benjamin bloom friend of the podcast ipswich fan just saying oh no absolutely well uh, uh, carlos sir hello sir how are you doing carlos was carlos how are we back at arm all right sir we've 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 already had a go at josh Sargent. tick that was a good one good we got yeah well let's get then i've said that i quite like norwich you visited the the fine city many times. What's your impression of Norwich? I like mustard. So That's Norwich, <laughs> Norwich is Norwich is good. Norwich is right. No, I, I like Norwich. This is very good. Norwich is an away day. Norwich like is an away day. Is all right. 
yeah, yeah. Scott Coleman's. That was all I had. I came on with. No, I like it. It's um, a good away day. We get to shout at each other across the uh, the river at the oh. there, <laughs> which is nice. Which is always always pleasant. I, I, to be honest with you, I thought I'd join this podcast and just jump in for a little bit because one, it's Friday afternoon and I can't be asked to do any work. Well done. Well done. Se- Excellent. Secondly. <laughs> Secondly, I thought I'd come and speak to another opposition fan that's probably going to pummel my team to death because <laughs> I'm getting so used to that this season. So that was the only reason to really come and join this. Adam, you, you do remember that previously Justin was the the pessimistic one. Well, we mm. found out it's a catching disease and, and yes, Carl, Carl has got it. Carl has caught it. Yes. The good news yes. is, though, his his beard has become less grey as a result, which is a nice thing. No, I, I, think, no, no. I, I don't d- know what you're on about. No. I think it's the light. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's the light I'm sitting in. <laughs> I must, I'm sure we were on a football podcast a minute ago. I have to look around. No, no, never mind, never mind, never mind. So, Jonathan Rowe, young talent, come through the academy, just goes to show it can be done. He'd only played, I think, two championship games until this season, something along those lines. So, just goes to show there may be talent in them, their academy. So, we'll have to see. But you've also, in the in this particular transfer window, when we were all looking around going, well, we've done absolutely nothing. The only thing we've done is bring in Emmanuel Dennis, who is, currently going through here's to fitness what I am currently am to weight loss so it's he's he's a work in progress and one person said but look at what Norwich are doing they're bringing in Sidney Van Hoydonk son I believe of uh, Pierre Van Hoydonk of Nottingham Forest and various other places in the 90s he used to rip up the, the, the Premier League I know he's only played about a minute for you but you at the pink and you do your you you do your investigative stuff what do you think about that as a move and were you excited about it yeah, I think obviously it was a move that was triggered by Adam Eder's departure on loan to Celtic. He, of course, came through the academy, struggled to really ever nail down a starting place. Actually, had a pretty good season, to be fair, off the bench, six goals or seven goals in the championship this season, which you know I think is, is pretty fair given the, the minutes he's played. But he wanted to go experience something different. He's never really been in a, a different environment. So he obviously got the move to Celtic on loan. That meant Norwich had to react, bring in a, a third striker. They've done their research and looked into the the markets that they typically do went, of course, into to Bologna and found Sidney Van Hoydonk, who hasn't really or struggled to adapt a little bit to a life in the Serie A, which, of course, we all know is a pretty technical league. It's maybe not so much physicality, which is probably what he's got. He's a fairly big lad, probably six foot three, six foot four, physically looks big. Had a really successful spell at Hervine, scored a lot of goals in the Eredivisie, which is yeah. probably more aligned to the championship in terms of standard anyway. So I think all of those would typically tell you that he should should be a hit in the championship of course these things you never know until the sort of proofs in the pudding and he's actually played games but yeah from what we saw of him on, on Saturday very briefly in, in the few minute cameo he had he put a challenge in straight away which was a applauded by the fans proper meaty tackle to win the ball back which I think that's the kind of player that, that Norwich fans always like almost Grant Holt-esque in terms of just a player that's a bit of a shit house, to be quite honest that that for me is probably what I see about him I don't know how much football he'll get Josh Sargent now being back fit he's the leading man Ashley Barnes is on the periphery in terms of off the bench he's a useful asset another one of these strikers that's in the, the shit house category Thank to be you. quite honest but yeah yeah there's he, he looks good. He's a goal scorer. His goal record will tell you that. And he's more of a fox-in-the-box striker rather than your sort of Josh Sargent, who's more energetic. He's more running in behind, making the, sort of the players in terms of the attacking players are looking for him to make those runs. Hoydonk doesn't really strike me as that. He's more of a man who's going to be parked himself in the 18-yard box and if you provide him service, he'll score goals. So excited to see. He's a player of zone only on loan till the end of the season. There is a permanent option. So if he does well, then we've got a player there that we can make permanent. If he doesn't do well, then we'll send him back and he'll be the less memorable camp of Norwich players that have played in yellow and green down the years. 
Fair enough. That's fair enough. Just in terms of then talking about the the shape of the team, if if we can, because we we've we, in in our last league game we flipped from a four three three, which is what we normally play, to a four two three one, and you've been playing it most of the season. I think he's varied it a little bit. Is that fairly settled down? And how 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 does how does a Wagner team set up when they're playing in yellow and green? Yeah, four two three one is pretty standard, um, particularly given at the start of the season when he had sort of a, a full fit squad available to him. Um, it's changed a little bit in that spell where we were losing games. He didn't have all the players available to him. So he, to be fair, he parked the bus a bit, went five at the back for a few games, um, trying to just keep his job, almost holding on by by the end of his fingernails and hoping the attacking quality of Rowe, Signs, uh, Barnes at that point was, was enough to try and get him wins. And to be fair, he did get a few 1-0 victories that ultimately meant he, he kept his job and he's still here now. But yeah, ever since kind of the turn of the year and all his players have been back available to him, yeah, 4-2-3-1. It can become quite fluid into almost a 4-4-2 at times. You'll see Barnes go and play alongside Sargent if if Norwich are on the attack. But yeah, out of possession, they're, they're more very much a 4-2-3-1 side. They let teams have the ball, dominate them, but Norwich will hit you on the counter with the pace of Rowe, Sainz, Sara, uh, Sargent. And it's a pretty deadly combination in terms of the front four, which we're, we're really starting to see the, the fruits of, I'd say, in recent weeks. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. I think, I think we should feature the the one in ten feature justin do you do you think that would be a good idea the one in ten the feature, one in ten Peter. the one in ten this is where i put in a, oh, a, yes, a, a ub40 yes. kind of overlay to, to for a tortured segue into this actually yes that would be a little, little jingle there oh, i think so Eddie campbell singing i think that's a great i idea. reckon that's great the idea. way to do it yes. i reckon that's the way to do it <laughs> So, Adam, this is a relatively new feature. We we did it, and it was immediately ripped off by other people who then turned it and used it on us, which we thought was really quite. That, that was forcing us to think, and we don't do that. We just we just we just basically lure people into small traps, and that's it. Anyway, we're going to ask you. I'm going to go through in chronological order from a certain point. I'm going to tell you now. It's 2007. See if you can work out which Norwich manager that was. And I'm going to ask you for your marks out of ten for that manager and a one-word review. Now we do not mind how abstract silly or personal that particular one word is and it's just to adam it's not all norwich people you don't have to represent the entire county of norfolk or indeed east anglia just what you think are you ready we're going to start with obviously former watford player and manager always a good place to start the dearly departed glenn Roder. what did he do at norwich i'd probably one word i'd say it was toxic to be honest that's took us down to league one so not very memorable marks out of ten Four out of ten, just difficult situation he came into, and yeah, he couldn't couldn't turn the tide. So definite Norwich City legend Brian Gunn, unmemorable, I'd say. Probably, yeah, his, his playing career was far more memorable than his managerial career. That's it, for a fact. That was always going to be the case. Marks out of ten, did you say there? Three. Uh, Ian Butterworth only had two games. One, one, drew one. Iconic, maybe two <laughs> games. We'll go with a rating of five. Steady, steady the ship. Now we have we come to a quandary here because we we've heard what Adam thinks of the the excellent stadium somewhat south of Norfolk. If we turn to Mr. Paul Lambert, what, what marks out of ten and what one word would be most choice? for somebody in terms of what you've done for Norwich I'll give him an 8 out of 10 Good. Uh, word snake snake <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Norwich's Marco Silva everybody excellent we like that that's very good Chris Hewton 82 games what would we say about Chris Hewton boring boring, boring. Word. Uh, <laughs> he yeah. gets that a lot poor Chris he does 5 out of 10 5 out of 10, five out of 10. Just, League he, he, he's basically bland all the way through boring and 5 out of 10 excellent Neil Adams 32 games 34 34% uh, uh, win ratio. What do we think of Neil Adams? Oh, 
yeah, he, he came in a difficult period as well after relegation. Questionable, I'd say, because it was a bit of a, a strange appointment given he was already internally in the club. Wasn't really a manager, more of a coach in terms of the 21. So questionable for the word and oh, four, four out of 10. Now, we're not going to go with what Wikipedia says, which is Mike Phelan, because they also credit him as having no games, no wins, no losses. No, that doesn't make him a manager in my book. I'm, sh- I'm sure he probably, I don't know, took a, took a training session for a day and a half. But in came Alex Neal. Always want to split the room, Alex Neal. How did he do at Norwich? Oh, I'd go with... Oh, that's a good question. Pioneer. I thought what he brought to Norwich in terms of... Brought something different that we hadn't seen before. Got us out of a really horrible situation. And then took us to Wembley and won it. So, nine out of ten for, nine for that out, achievement alone. Nine out of ten. And let's be honest, Alex Neal has been trading on that and Hamilton Academicals ever since, I would suggest. <laughs> Alan Irving, ten games in charge, five wins, two draws, three losses. But a short tenure. What do we think of Alan Irving? Average. Yeah, he's he was a coach. Didn't really I sort of steadied the ship. Another one of these ones who steadied the ship. Yeah, six out of ten. Yeah, but better known as David Moyes' assistant manager for his period at Everton and a very well-respected coach in the coaching community, I have to say. Now, of course, and now it leads Daniel Farker to championship championships, if that makes sense. Probably not. What do we think of Daniel Farker? Mark's out of ten. Uh, 10 out of 10, to be honest. Word King. He's loved by everyone of a Norwich City persuasion. You wouldn't find anyone who's got a single bad word to say about him. Yeah, what, what, he, what he'd done in terms of that transformation from a side that was milling mid-table, going the wrong way to, to bring us to, to the Premier League twice, win two titles up there with probably the most, well, one of maybe three most successful Norwich managers of all time. So, yeah, very well-loved character. And he got a good reception when he came down with Leeds earlier in the season. I think a few people are still yearning for him back to back in the Norwich City dugout, but not that'll be happening anytime soon. No, yeah, absolutely. I was, I was, I was going to ask that exact question. I'm glad to say I like the idea of people coming back and getting good receptions. But then we move on to Dean Smith. What is our what is our making of Dean Smith? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, he's another one that's think of a few bad words. Go with divisive. I think if his, his, his football was pretty turgid. What he said in the media was not great. What I think Norwich fans didn't really bond with him. Yeah, in terms of rating, four out of ten. Four out of ten. And finally, to date, David Wagner. Word undecided. R- rating five to six out of ten. I'll give him six out of ten. I think. I'm more intrigued to see what the rest of this season happens from what happens the rest of the season before. Make full judgment. Again, we've got a new sporting director in place. Maybe doesn't quite align in terms of football values. I don't know he'll be here past the end of the season. So, yeah, we'll go with that. Undecided. For, for anybody listening to this on audio, I would suggest that Adam's face, as he was going five, there was almost like a realisation that, no, he's not as bland as Chris Hewton. I'm going to have to give him an extra point. Well done. Well done, Adam. Superb stuff. Superb. Right. Well, well, I think it's fair to say we come Carlos to where the rubber hits the road in the DNSYE completely rubbish prediction league no god please no no now now oh, Adam this bit. yeah sorry about that well well you'll, you'll like this bit because as we speak at this moment in time because there's been so much going on this week we haven't got the in fact I've actually just got one video in literally just as we speak but I haven't got it to edit in so by the use of video or audio magic we will bring it in but basically we've had last season everything was going along hunky-dory swimmingly it was it was very nice it was a it was a, a nice and easy 
easy time. We, we, we liked it very much indeed. Then we got to the end of the season and thought, well, we, there's nothing we can't fuck up. And indeed, we have gone on to do so. We now have 1-1 as a prediction of its own, and it currently leads the table on 26 points. In second place is John uh, John Parslow's JP Backgammon FC, who is predicting results by the use of backgammon in various different public places. It makes no sense, and it'll make no sense when you see it. Carlos is having a blinder of a season and is currently in third place. Now, those three are on 26, 24, and 23 points. It's Quite, it's quite tight up there. And then we fall down to the daft, stupid Jarvis Cocker Spaniel dog who is predicting games by the use of, well, any stuff that Ben really seems to find to, to, to mind. They're level with the EFL who you're playing for on 18 points and then just in an artificial stupidity, which is like artificial intelligence, only not on 17 points. So there's quite a lot to, to make up for here. So the only results that you can't go for at this moment in time, because we're going to say you can go for anything else other than artificial stupidity has predicted 4-3 to Watford. You can see why. Yeah, right. it, yes, exactly. You get three goals from. Well, keep going. No, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it yeah, hasn't seen our forward line yet. And 1-1, one, one, of course, you can't have. But other than that, the whole gamut of results is available for you, Adam, to predict on behalf of the EFL to see whether or not you can climb from mid-table. What do you think the score is going to be when we come to the fine city of Norwich? Yes, Watford are not a team I ever look forward to facing, to be honest. I think our record is generally pretty woeful, particularly the Car Road record is, is not good. The last win was about 2015. So it's, well, I think we might be in the Premier League at 2016, but yeah, other than that, it's, it's been pretty turgid anyway. But yeah, I'd say maybe feeling slightly more confident than before, just given we, we've turned the corner. I think it'll be a narrow game. I'll go with, uh, I would have gone 1 1, so I'll go 1 0 Norwich. Be confident, yeah. A narrow Caro Road win. Look at that. Look at that 1 0 to Norwich. We turn to Justin, therefore. Again, a far wider array of numbers, the kind of thing that you've been asking for all season. It's finally yeah, here. Do you think you can turn around what can only be described as a slippery slope since Boxing Day? Can you turn it nope. around results-wise? Probably not, no. So I'm, the, the I'm one only one... going to say this, Justin. Just, I have noticed that your slippage happens mm. when you stop drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a, actually, I should probably yeah. go and have some drink and come back. Okay, that's that's a fair shell, Carl. There have actually. been worse well, ideas, to be quite frank. Um, yeah, well, seeing as I, it's what time is it now? I past three. I haven't been drinking, so I'm gonna. I think the draw thing seems to be working right. So one one is leading this prediction league, right? So I don't think it's going to be nil nil because we can't keep a clean sheet. So I'll go for a Desmond. Let's have Ooh, a Desmond, Peter. It's a Desmond. We're so excited. I love it. Desmond. Desmond is definitely my favourite result. Even even when the dog predicted it the other day during some kind of strange horror fest. It was very, very odd. Speaking of strange horror fests, Carlos, what do you think <laughs> the what do you think the score's gonna be when we when we venture Caro Road Way? As I did, as I did with Leicester City, I'm gonna be very positive. <laughs> so I'm gonna go Norwich City two, Watford nil. Oh, oh that's nice. positive. That's very positive, believe me. <laughs> I tell you what, the, the trade-off of not having a grey beard to your mood complexion—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's a very—it's a very now, dangerous I, move to go down. We need to address this very quickly. I have not dyed my beard. It is the light that I'm currently. I get that. I get that. Of course, right, it is. Okay, I've dyed my beard. All right, all right, I've dyed the beard. <laughs> Dear. I love that. This is this is the place where any small vestige of weakness is ruthlessly exposed. I like that very much. So yeah. there we go. There we go. Well, we will post in the dog yeah. and the backgammon, and we will see where we are. 
Predictions League, and it's Norwich City versus Watford. And we're in a celebrity kitchen, but whose could it be? Let's look for clues. Now we've opened up an oven door and there's some carrots. Oh, that's interesting. And what's this? OK, there's, there's more carrots. Oh, oh, that's nice. Let's be having you. Yes, we're at Delia's place. And the dice are ready on the pitch. Norwich ready to go first. And it's two minus two e zero. Here come Watford. And it's four minus one, it's three. So that's Norwich nil, Watford three. And just a reminder, there's only one team in yellow, Ewans. And it's crunch time. Ah, references to carrots. Let's see how we get on with the dog. Bring a new vest, mate. What's this one say on the back? Hold on, let's have a look. It says, I'm Watford till I die. I'm not Leicester. In the last uh, prediction video, um, I did all things Leicester. Now, unfortunately, I don't know anyone from Norwich, so I uh, can't get anything Norwich. But I thought I'd readdress the balance and do all things Watford-y. So, we've got an old Watford book, Tale of Unexpected. We've got a shirt from the 1991-92 season. We haven't got a bottle of rum, but what I do have is this. A bottle of Simpsons Duff beer, unopened. I did have the old Benskins beer, but um, it got broke a couple of years ago, fell off the shelf. Uh, we haven't got any crisps, but we, uh, we're no mugs. We have this old mug here from the late 90s. We have an old season review from 1990-91 season on VHS. No DVDs here. And the FA Cup final programme from 1984. Okay, bud. We're going to pick Norwich first, mate, because they're at home. So pick away. Which one are you going for? You come around this side again. Pick one. Okay, Jarvis touched the mug first, so that's uh, Norwich three. Now he's going for the Watford score now. What are you going for, buddy? Pick one, pick one. And he's just touched the mug again. Norwich three, Watford three. There you go, good boy. As always, we've got a draw. We've got a win for Watford because of random stupidity. And we've got a number of people predicting a Norwich win. But we've also got the draw, so points will be allocated per normal. Fantastic stuff. It's Justin's somewhat disappointing local attraction segment. I'd like to very quickly go for my local attraction, if I may. Ooh, yes, um, yes, this is, this now, is a new feature. This is a new feature. It's even worse than the normal features, Adam. You be the judge. This is a really good feature. Yeah, really good feature. I've picked a random place for away fans to visit while they're in your your vicinity. I've got no idea if it's anywhere near Carrow Road. The one I've picked this time around is the City of Norwich Aviation Museum, which is on the Old Norwich Road, Horsham, St Faith, uh, NR10 3JF. Don't tell Pete's brother he'll get run over there. (laughs) Looks pretty good. There's lots of aeroplanes and things there, as you might expect. The reviews seem to be fairly favourable as well. A zombie Woof says, what a simply amazing place. Absolutely chock full. Chock. I like that. Very good. Of fabulous and informative artefacts, information and relics. That's Zombie Woof's review. John Lloyd says, a wonderful, friendly, interesting and inspiring place to visit. Do you think there's anything better than that to do while they're there, Adam? Or is that is that the pinnacle of what Watford fans can enjoy while they're in Norwich? And how, and how close yeah, to it is, that, is it to that, the ground? That's probably ooh, about a 10 minute drive. It's right by Norwich International Airport. Airport, which only really flies to about four places, so that's how international it goes. Um, 
but yeah, sorry, it's the worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I think you can go. Well, we've soon got a few more added flights coming in. I think we can go to Portugal soon, and we can go to Malta. So things are looking up, but yeah, at the moment, it doesn't go very far. I think you can go to Aberdeen, so that that might be fun. But oh, yeah, it's not, not very far. It's pretty cold in Aberdeen. <laughs> it's very cold up there. Just don't bother. Anyway, yes. But yeah, in terms of in terms of Norwich, yeah, the city is is definitely there's lots of things to do you've got the castle you've got the cathedral so if you're a historic type then that's great i think there's a stat that there's a, a pub for every day of the year and a, a church for every week of the year so there's lots of pubs so if that's your your cup of tea then you can if you have to endure watching norwich or watford you can go and get sloshed before the game and you wouldn't have to do it so yeah there's there's lots of positive things to do you've got the broads which of course are great not maybe in this weather it's currently chucking it down in norwich but yeah you can cop on a boat and see all the sights of the broads in in norfolk so and we've got great yarmouth which is a place to avoid so yeah lots of yes. lots of good places in lots of good places in norfolk <laughs> i've been there before I, I stayed at a place called hopton holiday village and it felt like a month i was only there for a week but my word what a place that is yeah i doubt sorry I have to say, I doff my cap to you, sir. Anybody who knows the the pub to church ratio in their hometown, well done, well done indeed. Excellent <laughs> Adam, stuff. Adam's my kind of guy. He's my kind of yeah. Guy. Quite a ratio as well, five to one. I think I worked that out to be. And that's pretty good. Maybe six to one. Yeah, even. I think that's nice. probably one of the claims to fame. If you're if you're a Norwich citizen, is is that stat? I mean, I don't know how true it is these days with the the local economy, which I'm not going to get into. But whether the pubs are all still open, but yeah, that was a it was definitely a thing back in the day. That's for a fact. Very good, very good. Did we ask how many of these you've been into? I, I, well, the church is one a week, easy. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't want to hazard a guess. To be honest, it's getting to that point where you, you're like, okay, which ones can I go in that are new? So yeah, quite a few to be honest. Oh, that's good. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Very good. Very good. Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure having your company once again on Do Not Scratch Your Eyes. I would say good luck for for Tuesday, but I don't think you're going to need it. I think, uh, yeah, yes, it's not looking good for us. But anyway, enough of our woes. It's been great having you on Do Not Scratch Your Eyes. Thank you very much for coming on. As always. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Rod. Up the pink and brilliant. That sounds wrong. Never mind. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.